We happen to have a Jay expert in the studio right now, Terry Flanagan. Terry Flanagan, you did a lot of work on Jays back in the day, did you not? Explain what they are, first of all, well, and what they look like. Certainly not an expert, but yes, I spent a lot of time working with Jays back in the in the early 1980s, believe it or not. Jays are crows, and when people see a Jay, they say, that's not a crow. A crow is a blackboard, or maybe it might be black and white if it was a magpie. Well, think of a magpie, that shape except put loads of pinks into it and put blues into it and put a lovely crest on the top of it. And that's what a, a jay looks like. Now, they're a woodland bird. They're quite difficult to see because you're not going to see them. They, they rarely come into gardens, although I think in the last couple of years they have been coming into gardens that little bit more often and they do cash food in the autumn time. So if you're going looking for jays, probably the best time of the year to see jays would be in the autumn time and in woodland, particularly uh, an oak woodland, particularly if there's a, a a good supply of uh, acorns in that particular year. They collect these acorns they take maybe six, seven, eight acorns, they fill them into their mouth and then they go off and they bury the acorns. And they bury them in specific spots around the woodland and even outside of the woodland. I've seen them bury them in the most ridiculous places. And then they come back during the winter time and they feed on these. They use them to, to, to for nourishment during the winter and even up to the following uh, summertime where they will take some of these acorns that have actually sprouted and take them and use them as food for the nest in the nest. But then they don't always remember where they leave them. So you'll get little small oak trees saplings growing in the most unusual places. I remember when I was doing that research back in the 80s, finding small oak trees, little saplings growing in places like a beautiful apple orchard. And there wasn't an oak tree within 100 metres of it, maybe 200 metres of it. So obviously that tree was growing from a seed that was planted by a jay. So they're a most beautiful bird and it's lovely to see them coming into people's gardens and people often say to me, I saw this really unusual bird in the garden and uh, it, it was a foreign bird. It had escaped from somewhere, got away from the zoo or that. I said, no, it's not it's a jay. It's a jay, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show that if we didn't have so many deer eating the saplings, the work of jays and squirrels and mice and all of these creatures that depend both on nuts and on, on berries would revegetate the country with trees very quickly, only that we have this excess amount of grazers. Indeed sheep and goats are just as bad but deer in particular are eating all of these saplings and stopping regeneration happening, which is such a pity really. And going back there to that, the importance of the jay as well, because people think that squirrels, grey squirrels will collect these acorns and they will plant them and that if they forget where they plant them that they will grow into oak trees they don't when the grey squirrel collects them he bites out the growing tip of it so whatever seeds are planted by a grey squirrel they will not actually grow into saplings so it makes it more important when we look upon the jay and the importance of the jay in spreading woodlands yeah and birds in general as Richard was saying Mm. you were making the point Richard that birds don't have teeth so the seed passes through Indeed, they do. It goes right through them right away. There is a dark side to this that I didn't mention, of course. Trees are the great poisoners. They deter. And if you eat the wrong berry, you will suffer that night uh, and you might even die. So they're careful to put toxins in that tr- that hit the wrong kind of... They don't like mammals eating their food because the mammals will crunch and damage the seeds. So they tend to be poisonous to me. Yew trees, for instance, 
famous, famously very poisonous, and so forth. So poison is a mem- another weapon in, in, in this armory, and that's very important too. Things like caterpillars, for instance, they feed on the leaves of trees, and the trees like to poison them as much as possible. It has an effect on the birds, oddly, because blue tits and things that tend to eat those caterpillars get tummy upsets as a result because of the poison the caterpillars have ingested. So it's um, a very varied world. It's not all rosy moral stuff on the one hand. It's equally immoral. Yeah, but some of the caterpillars that eat these toxins have actually got warning colours and the warning colours in the insect world are like the down football players and the Kilkenny horrors. <laughs> they are yellow and black or red and black. They're the warning colours. So as a result, things like, say, the the cinnabar moth, for example, that has an adult, which is red and black, and the caterpillars are black and amber. So it has the warning on both ones. They feed on ragwort, and the poisons and the toxins in the ragworts go into the caterpillars and subsequently go into the, the moths. So those, those moths can fly around during the day going, nah, 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 because they're red. And you know, that's a warning colour from the insect point of view, which is interesting because red berries, the birds love them, and red insects, like ladybirds, like these red, these red um, caterpillars indeed, and the red moths that I was mentioning there, they're all very toxic and the birds don't touch these living things, whereas they eat the berries. So I wonder how do they know which red bit is which and would they mistake a ladybird for, for a berry? Well, you wouldn't do it twice. And then you have creatures that mimic these warnings. And that You take the coverfly, for instance, pretends to be a wasp and fools most things. It isn't a wasp and it doesn't have a sting. But by assuming the apparel of a wasp, it's able to fool the opposition. That's right, it has no sting. In fact, it's loads of things that are black and yellow looking like bees and wasps. You have your hoverflies, you have those bee moths that are actually moths and they, they look like bees. They're amazing looking things. And these again have these colours that wasp pyjamas, as I'd like to say, but they don't have any stings. But, you know, Der- Richard and Derek... The birds don't listen to our programme, so they don't know that these things are quite safe to eat, really. No, I disagree. I think they do listen. Everybody <laughs> listens. Everything <laughs> listens. And in fact, if we needed proof, I can tell you that the Moonigo's Wild podcast is number one on the Apple podcast chart for nature in Ireland. And very often, every week in the top 20 slots, we certainly dominate, let's say. I don't mean that in a kind of boasting way. It's just, it happens Go to be... Go on, you do, of course. No, no, the listeners <laughs> like what we're putting out.